Thank you, Vince McMahon, for everything you've done for the WWE Universe. You will be missed. And now, another edition of Top Rope Report. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. And joining me every week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. Greg, what a weekend it was for wrestling. We got big, big story to talk about. Right now, the retirement of Vince McMahon. How, uh, how surprised were you that it came so quickly, or did you expect it to come this quickly? Well, I don't know what you mean by quickly. Explain what you I mean, mean by quickly. I mean, it wasn't, uh, I mean, there was no hints or anything else that he was going to, you know, retire or anything else. And it just, all of, I'm not saying all of a sudden out of the clear blue, he just retires, but it was kind of a surprise to see that he just made the announcement about him retiring at the age of 77. I, I mean, I, I mean... Was I, uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird to say it, but was I surprised it happened? No. But was I surprised it happened? Yes. If that makes any sense. Um, when he, quote unquote, voluntarily stepped down uh, as CEO and chairman, I, with all everything that, that from start to beginning, to now that has come out and more is coming out and there's now seven different law firms at least that are investigating insider trading, all kinds of different things. <sighs> For the sake of the company, I knew he was going to have to step away. So it wasn't a surprise that he did it. Maybe the only surprise is that he did it a week before SummerSlam. Right. Uh, I don't think it's really going to affect SummerSlam that much because the card's all set. It's not all set. There's only eight matches. It's not all set. Uh, okay, well, they've I, I got mean, eight matches. And I think there's going to be one more from each uh, from each brand coming up before Saturday. Nah, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if we go to SummerSlam and there's only ten matches, it's going to be a shitty SummerSlam. This is the biggest thing in the summer. This is supposed to be your the next biggest show after WrestleMania. And WrestleMania is a two-night event that had 18 matches between the two nights. You're going to do SummerSlam with just 10 matches? That's bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. You got a point there. But, uh... Yeah, so Friday Night Smackdown's in the books. That's it. We're I, done. I, We're done talking about Vince and everything and the effects of what it's going to be no, on WWE. And you're going right to SmackDown. No, no, no. Just because I said Friday Night Smackdown's in the books doesn't mean we're done talking about Vince. Well, that's your I'm introduction to that. talking about the show. So I just, I just want to see how much more different. WWE will be now that Vince is retired um, Stephanie and Nick Khan are co-CEOs Bruce Pritchard has moved up Triple H is back into the 
executive vice president role. Do you see any different? Um, do you think there's going to be any any big differences, or I as think, far as talent goes, or the way the matches are, pre- are presented on TV now? Yes and no. Um, I I think. What part of the thing that I'm nervous of is that um, ah, for now I told I read what Joe was writing and I totally lost my train of thought. Um, I'm I'm a little worried that they're gonna try and make this become so much unlike quote-unquote Vince's WWE that they may do things that really fuck everything up. I mean, I, I just got a feeling, you know, it's like you come in and you're the new guy and you want to make your mark because the other person that was running the show, you want just to make changes just for the sake of making changes. To kind of make it your own. That worries me a little bit. Yep. I, I totally agree with that. And I totally understand that. Uh, little note. Thanks for tuning in. He's just checking out the show on this 10 minute break. I uh, appreciate that Joe. Um, yeah. Because you know. You never know. You know. Like you said. People want to come in and start changing shit around. And say hey. I did this. I did this. That's mine. You know. Right. Right. Uh, now, the people that I have think, been uh, put into these positions aren't strangers to the company. It's the only positive thing. I mean, obviously, Bruce Pritchard's been around the block many times. Triple H has been around the block many times. So, you know, the people that they're replacing isn't, I don't think it's going to affect the business that much. Right, because they're still, you know, they have the experience, they know what's going on, they know what the people are looking for, what the people want to see. So I can, um, I, I can see that uh, that happening. And as far as my take on it, I was, I mean, I knew eventually Vince was going to retire. I just didn't think he would, like you said, I didn't think he would retire so close to a major pay-per-view. You know, Wait, at least wait until after SummerSlam or something. Right. But we just want to wish him the best of luck in his future endeavors. Now, one thing I think people need to understand is, is yeah, okay, he, he retired from actively working for WWE. He still owns the company. So he can still make changes if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't think Triple H and Bruce Pritchard are doing what he thinks the company should be doing, he can still fire them. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if executives that work for the company have contracts um, like the talent does. I don't know. They may they may not. I don't. I. I don't know. Um, I don't think they're under contract, so it's not like you have to 
worry about firing them. I mean, the only thing is, if you were to fire Triple H, you know, Thanksgiving dinner might be a little awkward. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. But, so, he's still, you know, he's still signing the checks. So, it's not like he's gone from WWE. He's just not actively involved in the day-to-day running, the creative, or anything. Right. You know, then some of them might, you know, some of them off camera or behind the scenes might say, hey, Vince, you know, this is what we want to do. What do you think? And he no, can give no, he can he's not involved in the day-to-day operations anymore. They're not going to, they don't need to do that. They don't have to do that. They don't, aren't going to do that. He's no longer working for WWE. He just owns it. Okay. I see. He, he owns it, but basically has no say as to what goes on. No, he retired from right. working for the company. Okay. I mean, you, you, I mean, like the pharmacy I worked for, the owner was also the CEO and the president. If he decided to retire as the CEO and president, he would still own the pharmacy. He doesn't have anything to do with it running day to day, but at the end of the day, if his, you know, hypothetically speaking, $5 million profit goes down to $2.5 million, he then has the right to hold those accountable and say, hey, listen, you know, I own this company. If you aren't doing what I need you to do to make me money, changes have to be made, you know. But as far as the day to day operation goes, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, WWE Shop.com, The Bump, anything having to do with WWE, he's no longer has any involvement with that because he's now retired as an employee from the company. Okay, I see now. All righty. All right. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Thank you for clearing that up for me. So, yeah, but, you know, it's... It's going to be interesting now to see WWE going forward without Vince McMahon. I mean, even though we didn't see much of him, you know, on screen, you know, once in a while we did see him, you know, like for pay-per-views and stuff, whenever they went backstage, you know, every so often they would glance back there and, you know, you'd be seeing him sitting there with the headphones on and everything else. But it'll be interesting to see what WWE I don't ever recall seeing that, but okay. I've never seen them show... I've never seen them show Vince McMahon at the gorilla position during a show or a, or a premium live event, ever. Okay. So. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, like I said, I'd like to see w- I'd like to see where WWE is going to go now, yeah. going forward with uh, Stephanie and Nick Khan at the controls. Yeah, I'm. I'm just curious as to how, how the 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 backstage talent is going to be going forward. Um, I mean, there's there's no secret that you know there were times that going into a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown, Vince McMahon would show up, look at the script, rip the script up, and redo the whole show hours before the show. Um, Right. Which has to be frustrating for talent. You know, here you think, you know, you know, you go to work every day. 
You think you know what you're doing. All of a sudden, you get to work, and then boom, all of a sudden, you know, somebody just decided at the last second they want you doing something totally, totally different than you thought you were going to be doing. It has to be, you know, frustrating. So with that being taken out, um, you know, how is the talent going to react? I mean, is it going to be positive? Is it going to be negative? Um, you know, I have a little uh, news and a little snippet about this going forward in Nuggies News, so I don't want to dive too deep into it now, but there's things, you know, that that might, happen that wouldn't have happened or things that will happen that wouldn't have happened we don't know that's gonna be the most interesting part of this whole transition going forward right and we're definitely definitely gonna be looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that on nuggies news when the time comes to present nuggies news here on the show and uh but yeah like i said you know Friday Night Smackdown is in the books. Yep. Um, I didn't. I thought it was a, uh, it was an okay show. I mean, wasn't uh, I? Really didn't think it was all that great. But uh, I mean, what what were your thoughts on it? On what? The opening or just once again? You know, I'm not going to talk about Smackdown until we've talked about Smackdown. Well, it opened up with Stephanie McMahon in the ring. Um, you let me go first on Monday Night Raw, so, you know, right after Stephanie McMahon was in the ring, um, it then led to a Street Profits promo. So, what'd you think? Um, I'll go first. I know you will. That's what I just said. Yeah, um... I said I'm going first because I had a hard time hearing you because the voice is starting to crackle. Um, I, I thought it was it was a nice, uh, you know, nice little thing that Stephanie had when she came out, you know, thanking the, the fans and, you know, saying, you know, my father wants to thank everybody in the WWE universe. I think it would have meant a little bit more of Vince to come out to, to do it himself, but that's just my opinion. I didn't expect him to come out, but I thought it would have been a good gesture. And then when the Street Profits came out, you know, it's, I don't know, the Street Profits are the Street Profits. I'm getting to like them more and more every week. I really think uh, that they're, that they're going to be the tag team going forward as far as, you know, winning the championship and holding on to it for quite a while. And, you know, I'm, I'm expecting a, a championship victory from them Saturday at uh, SummerSlam, I really like what they've been doing with the Street Profits, and and even if they don't win, you know, maybe maybe making them go single won't be so bad either because they got some good, uh, they're good talented guys, and I think they both would have good good careers as uh, singles wrestlers. But um, overall, I gave the whole thing a B. Okay. Um... I'll take, I mean, I'll take them both overall together in their grade, but, uh, I mean, Stephanie coming out, I, I, I think, 
I mean, her her speech was short, which was good. She didn't take up too much time. She just came out, said what she had to say, and that was it. I, I, I think she had to have rehearsed her speech and knew exactly what she was going to say because if she was ad-libbing it, I think she would have just gone with the audience when the audience started to chant, Thank you, Vince. But she didn't. She she kind of hushed it and then continued on with her little speech and then directed the crowd to go to thank you, Vince. It was too rehearsed. It didn't seem like it was heartfelt. That made it seem to me like, okay, this is what I'm going to say. Let me get it out. So I, I didn't... I mean... Was her speech nice? Yes. Obviously, it's the daughter saying something about her father, but I don't know. It just, I, I just didn't get get the heartfelt message that it, it could have been. Um, Sheep Roberts coming out once again, coming out through the, I shouldn't say once again, but coming out through the audience was, was nice. Um... Showing their love and affection for the fans coming into the ring. And then, you know, of course, we then have the Usos come down and Theory come down and Madcap come down. And, oh, gee, surprise, surprise, WWE has an opening match, an opening promo that leads to a match later in the show. Some things just don't change. And this is one of those things that I'm hoping future leaderships understands is, you know what, we tune into to wrestling on, on Mondays and Fridays for not just entertainment, but for wrestling. Um, but I can give the whole thing a right. C, I can give the whole thing a C minus. Okay. Um, after that, we had a singles match between... Um, Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser and Nakamura. Um, it was a little bit longer of a match than the previous match they had. It was a little bit better of a match than the previous match they had. The only thing I didn't like was Gunther getting involved and then still punishing Ludwig for winning. But he couldn't win on his own. But Ludwig didn't ask for help. Didn't really need the help. But whatever. Um, I could see if it was an instance as to where. You know Nakamura was. Uh, the rep had gotten knocked down. And Nakamura gave. Uh, Kinshasa or whatever it is. And. Had Ludwig down for the three count and he would have pinned him if the referee wasn't knocked out. Something like that where Gunther then got involved. But there was, there wasn't a, yeah, there was points in the match where Nakamura could have won before then. But there were also points in the match where Ludwig could have won before then. So I just didn't understand and, and the need for that. Um, so what what I thought was a B to a B minus match, I, I'm going to downgrade to a C plus. Okay, I I totally agree with you on the grade. Um, I thought it was a I thought it was a pretty decent match. Ludwig Kaiser did look a little bit better. 
I, I think in that match that he did in his first match against Nakamura, why um, um, Gunther? why Gunther did, why, thank you, why Gunther gave him the chops after the match, I mean, I couldn't believe him. I mean, he won the match, and, you know, like you said, Gunther did interfere, but I just don't know uh, what the deal is with those two, where they're going to go with them, and, uh, I, I agree with you. I gave it a C plus. All right. Rafael, thanks for tuning in. Then just after that, we went to a backstage segment where Caleb Braxton um, conducted a little face to face between upcoming opponents at SummerSlam. Lib Morgan went face to face with Ronda Rousey. face it wasn't a heel to a face wasn't a bit you know there wasn't two heels so for there to be any physical altercation wasn't likely um was it an okay promo yeah it was just okay um do i always wonder if the backstage segments are live or if they're pre-taped this one, yeah, I, I, I could imagine that this was something where they could have taped and said, you know what, Rhonda, we just, we just didn't feel it. You know, do it again. And then, you know, Rhonda, we didn't feel it. Do it again. And then once they finally got it right, then they put it on the show. I, 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 once again, I often don't know how many of these backstage segments are actually live and ongoing during the show. Um, and so I'm going to take the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, I think this could have been one of those where, you know, maybe it took a couple takes. It was okay. Um, did I, did this promo make me more interested and more excited for their match at SummerSlam? Absolutely not. Not at all. And, and that's what a promo is supposed to do. But also doing it backstage is different than doing it in the ring where you can feed off of the emotions of the crowd as you're going through. So, I, I mean, I'm going to go just a little bit lower than you went and I'm going to go with a D plus. All right. Um, then just after that, they came back in the arena and Michael Cole started talking and all of a sudden, um, 
Happy Corbin came out and started beating down Pat McAfee again. Um, it, it actually kind of, you know, had Corbin go towards the back after beating down on McAfee. And McAfee chased him in the back and then fighting in the back. And then they came back from commercial break. And once again, Pat McAfee got in the ring and stated, you know, bum as Corbin, which I'm already tired of hearing. It, it There wasn't anything different about this promo that I really noticed than last week's promo in the ring. Why he had to go back in the ring and do another verbal promo other than just to maybe get the crowd to start chanting bum-ass Corbin was beyond me. I didn't need it. I didn't want it. If you wanted to have the physical between the two, that's fine. I was okay with that, but... Why the identical in-ring promo from this week to last week, I didn't get. Um, I, I gave it a C plus. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm really not expecting, I really can't say I'm not expecting a lot out of this match. I think it's going to be an interesting match. Um, you know, Pat McAfee, to my knowledge, this is only his uh, second or third time in the ring in an actual match. Um, I think it'll be his fourth. Fourth? Because he did that singles match against um, Adam Cole. Then he was in the War Games match. That's right. And then the match at WrestleMania. So I think officially this will be his fourth. Okay, yeah, you're right. I forgot about War Games and the Adam Cole match. Um, Yeah, I, I mean... Corbin is Corbin. I mean, Baron Corbin's an experienced wrestler. He's gonna he's gonna give Pat McAfee a difficult time in this match. But I think McAfee, yeah. you know, he might he might sneak it out at the end. And I didn't think it was, you know, like you said, the same promo getting in the ring. I gave it a D. Oh, okay. Okay. Then after that, we had the. Uh New Day come ringside for a tag team match between um, Shanky and Jinder Mahal versus the new and vicious Viking Raiders. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't too uh, too wild about this. I mean, the Viking Raiders. I like their new gimmick. They made them tough, but they made them look like actual Vikings now. You know, the way Vikings are supposed to be. You know, rough and tough and, you know. But Shanky and um, Ginger Mahal, I I don't know what they're going to do with that tag team. I mean, uh, but they are. They're going to make them a face. They're going to make them a heel. I, I don't know. Um, but I think this is just going to fuel more fire with New Day and um, Viking Raiders when it comes time for them to you know finally meet together in the ring I, I gave it a C plus okay um, I don't know about you or anybody else out there but I'm already tired of hearing the new and vicious because there's, there's really I mean, the only reason why you can consider them vicious now is because they're heels. 
They're not the face Viking Raiders. There's nothing different other than those stupid cardboard-looking shields that they bring out. I mean, you could have at least made them a cheap aluminum. I mean, what the fuck is a piece of wood going to do for you in a battle? Anyways, but regardless, um, there's nothing different about what they are. And if they're so vicious, why after the match was over, when they threw Jinder into the New Day, did they retreat up the ramp? Why didn't these vicious Viking Raiders stand their ground in the ring and beat down their opponents? If they're so vicious, why do they walk away smiling? Eh, stupid. Um... What grade did you give it? I gave it a C plus. Oh, okay. Um, very generous because I this was the match was not good. The commentary with the New Day was horrible. They were not only were they talking over each other, but they were talking over Colin McAfee. It sounded like the background chattered a busy restaurant because you couldn't really hear anything. It just was a waste of time. It was stupid. Um, it, the only thing you got out of it is that there is going to be a match next week on Friday Night SmackDown between the New Day and the new vicious, new and vicious Viking Raiders. Um, I actually gave it a D plus. Okay. Then after that, we came back from a commercial break, and the brawling brutes. Um, came down to the ring and started a little ink-ring promo and yada, 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 bada-bing, bada-boom, this stupid, let me lead the room. And Drew McIntyre came down and, you know, they showed video of Drew McIntyre slicing through the rope last week and were we going to finally get the match between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus? No, not this week. Um, after bantering back and forth, Adam Pierce finally came out and made it a quote-unquote official that next week um, there will be a match between McIntyre and um, Sheamus in a shillelagh match. I don't know if that means it's like a shillelagh on a pole where they have to climb the pole to get it. Is there one shillelagh somewhere? Are they both allowed to use a shillelagh? I, I, I don't know. Are they going to have Butch come down with a shillelagh stuck up his ass and somebody has to pull it out? I don't know what a shillelagh match is. But that's going to happen next week on Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, so that'll make four weeks of this building up from a Sheamus, the Drew McIntyre match, to see who's going to fight whoever the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion is at Clash at the Castle, whatever. Um, I gave it a, a, a C-. minus. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, think, I think this Shillelagh match, whatever it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a, a war. I mean, these two, these two guys are just going to pound the crap out of each other. Um, interesting when he held the shillelagh out and Drew McIntyre came down the sword, chopped it in half, and 
But, um, yeah, I just think, you know, we're going to finally get a chance to see the match. They've been, they've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. And, uh, and like you said, you know, I guess the winner of that's going to go against the champion at uh, Clash at the Castle. But I'm, I'm, I want to see this match. I mean, I want to see Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I want to see the, the physicality between the two of them because they can get real physical but when need be. Is there any part of you that thinks that because it's a shillelagh match, in my opinion, that means it's going to be no disqualification. So don't you think it's just going to wind up being a three-on-one match? Probably. Yeah, okay. I think uh, I think that's what's, what's going to end up happening. But I think Drew's still going to come out on top. So I agree. I gave it. A, I gave it a C minus as well. Okay. Um, after that, we then went to a brief backstage moment where Adam Pierce was on his phone, and he was approached by Sonya Deville. Who was then, you know, kind of making fun of Adam Pierce, um, who was then told that she had a match against Raquel Rodriguez. What'd you think? Uh, I mean, Raquel, can I say she's getting better each week? Eh, she wasn't really that bad to begin with anyway, but I mean, they're making, they're, they're making her out to look, you know, like a... A, a giant lady because she is she's like six feet tall and you know the match was it was okay I mean I didn't uh, I didn't think it was a great match I mean I, I watched the whole thing because I'm I'm a Raquel Rodriguez fan I kind of like uh, I kind of like the way you know she looks in the ring and you know her, her movements are a little bit more better now in the ring but, I mean, against Sony Deville, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to have her continue to lose or, or whatever. And, I mean, to be honest with you, I really don't care if she wrestles anymore or not. I, I gave it a C. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I'll agree with the match. The match was okay. Um, I mean, they're really, I, I don't want to say they're glamming up Raquel Rodriguez. But they're they're not showing her, in my opinion, to be the the quote unquote monster champ contender that she could be. Um, and then you know, Sony Deville once again. I think she can be better in the ring than they're having her be. Um, I think they really, really just need to just just have her stop with this trying to be working backstage and just let her be a wrestler and let her just go ahead and be a wrestler. Um, once again, the match was just okay. Both had their moments. Um, just, it's a shame that they brought up Raquel and immediately, you know, seemed like they were putting her into championship contender phase. And now she's in purgatory where... You don't know what she is. Is she just going to be somebody that is used to punish wrestlers that WWE 
executives or whatever in back don't like. So, I mean, the match was okay. I gave the match a C. Um, okay. Then after that, we had the advertised match of Lacey Evans versus Aaliyah. Where Aaliyah came down, and then Lacey Evans comes down, and with her same spiel that she's done in the last three weeks, you know, just talking and making them reintroduce her and insulting the crowd because they don't know how to treat her and blah, 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 blah. And then she gives Aaliyah probably one of the worst women's rights I've ever seen her give anyone. Um, and then that was it. There was no match. Um, we're, we're told and it is advertised that there will be a match next week between Lacey Evans and Aaliyah. I am so looking forward to it as one of the big matches on the go-home show for SummerSlam that I... Oh, I'm so excited. No, not even close. Um, I, I gave it a D-. minus. Yeah, I'm so over that Lacey Evans and uh, Aaliyah thing. I mean, you know, three weeks in a row now, well, they're going to have a match. They're going to have a match. She comes in there. She talked about being disrespected by the WWE Universe and, you know, how she does this and she's the best at that. And then she turns around and falls off with the women's right. Down goes Aaliyah and then she just ends up leaving. And then they're going to have the match next week. I wonder with all the stuff that's been going on between the two of them, and if they do have the match, I wonder if they're going to have Aaliyah actually win the match. Which would be interesting to see, you know, next week because it'll be like, hey, you know, I mean, it's been three weeks now. You guys are supposed to have matches, and Aaliyah, you know, you haven't had the match. You know, let's just get you and one up on Lacey Evans. I gave it a D. Yeah, the only thing I would be afraid of is if they wind up having Aaliyah upset Lacey Evans, that it'll lead to at least one or two more matches between the two. I kind of just want Lacey Evans to win and, you know, convincingly, you know, convincing fashion and turn yep. the page. Right. Okay. Um, there were a couple other little backstage segments. Um... I don't know if we, how much you want to talk about it. Grade, just mention it if you want. Um, Jeff Jarrett was backstage with Kayla Braxton talking about being um, the referee at SummerSlam. What'd you think? I mean, I, I mean, it's going to be nice to see Jeff Jarrett back in the ring, even though it's in a referee capacity. Um, do I think he's going to call the match down the middle? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I just don't. Uh, I, I would have. I would have been more interested in seeing the match. I think if there was another referee, but you know, like you had said off the air, you know, they put Jeff Jarrett in there because he's the hometown boy from Tennessee. He's going to get the huge pop, and uh, you know, everything else. So, I mean, I, overall, I, I thought the. I'm not even going to give it a grade, right, but I right, just don't right. I mean, was it something? Was it something that made me more interested in seeing the match? No. Um, did he play it? Even in the interview, he played it down the middle, alluding to him being, you know, offered bribes, which I, I'm going to assume came from the bloodline aspect of it, not from the Street Profits. 
Um, was I, excuse me, was it nice to see him, you know, in Boston, Massachusetts for SmackDown? Yeah, it was nice that he put his face out there, um, you know, with the sleeveless shirt, showed him and he's still in pretty decent shape. Um, maybe he's not jacked or anything, but he's definitely in good shape. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was nice seeing him. Um... After that, we then had the backstage segment with the debut of Maxine Dupuis. Um, and the male models, or Max of male models. Um, and very conspicuous by his absence was Max Dupuis. Um, have a little bit more about his absence coming up here very momentarily in Nuggie's News. It's a young lady, I forget what her name was, but it's just, once again, somebody that I had mentioned on our last show, a repackaged NXT wrestler um, by the name of Sophia Cromwell. She's now the new Maxine Dupuis and is now the head of Male Maxim Models with Mansuer and Marseille. Um, once again, not going to give this a grade. Is she nice to look at? Yes. Where they're going to go with this, I don't know. Do I think it might be better off with her leading as opposed to Max Dupuis? I honestly do. Um, when I think model agency, I don't think of a man leading two men, I would think of a woman leading two men. So, right. just for that, I, I think it's, it'll do whatever it can to help Marseille and Masuer. Yep. I mean, I really can't comment too much on it, because when that segment showed up, that was my bathroom break. Right. So I really kind of I really didn't see I did get to see her briefly. She definitely is, uh, you know, soft on the eyes. Definitely right. nice to look at. Well, I agree with you as far as, you know, having a woman take care of the men's modeling aspect of it as opposed to a man. So. Um, we then went to the main event of the night, with, which was the six-man tag match, which had the um, Usos and Theory taking on the Street Profits and Madcap Moss. Trib, what'd you think? I, I enjoyed this match, um, you know, especially, you know, from the beginning when they, you know, you could tell that uh, the Usos weren't too wild about teaming up with uh, um, Theory because of what Theory's been talking smack about Roman and everything. And, but uh, I, I enjoyed watching the match. The ending, I thought the, I, I thought the ending of it was, was the best part, but... Uh, mm -hmm. I would say I was uh, I was pretty uh, pretty interested in this match from start to from start to finish, only because it's the it, the Street Profits and the Usos, the two teams that are going at it at SummerSlam to build it up again to see what's going to happen on Saturday. I mean, overall, I gave it a B plus. Okay, and that's all you're going to say? You're not going to say anything about the ending? You're just going to say you oh, liked yeah, the ending? That's right. When, when Brock Lesnar came out, 
It was, I mean, when he came on, it was like, well, holy shit, he came back. Because the original plan was he had left when Vince had made his uh, retirement announcement. And then Lesnar supposedly had walked out, but then he came back. And then he just beat the crap out of Theory, which I thought was pretty funny because he just started just started wailing on him with the uh, money in the bank briefcase. Uh, I just don't think, and I just don't see um, a successful cash-in if it happens from, uh, from Theory on either one of those guys. And, I mean... With that being said, I thought the ending segment was was the best part. I I'll still st- I'll still stay with my grade with B plus. Okay, um, I I really really enjoyed this match. Um, I think the intensity from both sides was there. I think this little feud that they've had with Madcap Moss against Theory is is good. I really think they have. They they might have lightning in a bottle here with Madcap Moss. The only thing is is about it is is I don't know if they need to go back to Riddick Moss, but they they need to figure out a way that he's not Madcap Moss anymore. Because then I think he'd be taken a little bit more seriously. I think if he still has that Madcap attached to him, he'll always have that. You know, that jokey aspect of his character as the sidekick to Happy Corbin attached to him. I mean, I don't want him just to be called Moss because that just sounds stupid. I mean, you need more than one syllable. Um, So some way they need to do something. Um, But I really liked his, his interactions in the match. I think him, once again, him in theory... Were the unsung heroes of this match? Um, yeah, you know Moss and the Street Profits getting the win via disqualification because he used a briefcase, and then I mean, as you mentioned, the reports earlier in the day that after Vince McMahon announced his retirement, Brock Lesnar said, "Well, if Vince is out, so am I," and left the arena, um, frustrated and angry. Reading reports that it was overblown as to how angry Brock Lesnar was. But did somebody get in touch with Brock and say, hey, listen, you know, I mean, you walk away, you're leaving millions of dollars on the table. You're contractually, you know, signed for this, for that, whatever. I don't know um, whether it, it had been even reported that they had to rewrite the script for SmackDown because he left and the ending of the show. There was things going around that they had been in contact with other wrestlers to replace Lesnar at SummerSlam if needed. And then when he came out, hearing McAfee and Michael Cole both kind of say, Wait a minute, I thought, and then Mike goes, yeah, I thought, did, I don't know, was it all just a work, was it not, did nobody, did just a few people know that he came back, I mean, 
sitting here saying how much I hate the fact they keep bringing back Brock Lesnar, but then the, oh my God, that I got when he actually was there is the reason why WWE keeps bringing back Brock Lesnar. I gave the whole thing an A-. minus. I loved it. I loved. I, I thought the match was really good. I loved the ending. The two F5s that he gave him with the second one being on the briefcase, beating through with the briefcase. I, I, I really, really think the last 20 minutes of SmackDown saved the entire show from being the worst SmackDown I have seen in a long time. To being yep. okay. Yep. So, I mean, overall, I'm going to give it a C. If not for that last 20 minutes, it probably would have been a D plus. Because that's I, how uninteresting the rest of the show was to me. Right. My overall grade, I'm going to give it a C plus. And, um, you know, hopefully, like we said, you know, hopefully... You know, glad Brock came back. If it wasn't work, okay, we don't know. But um, it was nice to see him back. I love to see the react. I love to hear the reactions of Pat McAfee when he shows yeah. up, and that kind of makes it a lot more interesting. So, on the show, and I hope it's everybody else's. It's Snuggie's news. So, Greg, take it away. All right. Um, let's go to. Let's go back to something that I teased earlier. Um, obviously. With Vince McMahon retiring, there's the opportunity for a lot of things to change in WWE. Um, wondering if, you know, I mean, Vince McMahon is the one that was really behind this whole PG-13 era. Does that, one of the reasons why it was, quote-unquote, mentioned that WWE may be going to, you know, TV-14? Um which just kind of really doesn't change it too much, but just makes it allowed to be a little bit, quote-unquote, edgier uh, on cable. Um, one thing that Vince McMahon did do before he left was he made the decision to write Max Dupree out of the storyline of Maximil Models. Um, L.A. Knight, whatever his real name is, I forget, um, was told over a week ago that last Friday was his last appearance in reference to Maximil Models. It, it feels that he has just ruffled a little too many feathers backstage, thinking a little too highly of himself um, in regard to his positioning in WWE, and Vince McMahon thought it would just be better to just write him out of the storyline. It's not been mentioned on air or anything, so does that mean that he may come back at some point if WWE feels necessary? Yes, that is always a possibility because they haven't quote-unquote killed the character. It just he's not expected to be involved going forward. Okay. Um, two other names. Of superstars that are currently on the roster that have been missing for a few months now. 
that now maybe with new leadership, maybe that can be the olive branch. As it was Vince McMahon's decision to take away the focus on the women's tag team titles and put Sasha Banks and Naomi into singles matches. Um, so maybe now with him no longer calling creative shots, could this be the opportunity that WWE needs to say, hey, listen, Vince is gone. You know, you, you, you know this is what we've done with the women's division as far as the tag titles go in NXT. You know, me, Paul Levesque, Triple H was the one that did this. Let me do this on the main roster. So, with the two of them not officially have ever being been released. You know, we've had these issues with Vince McMahon going on for quite a for you know a while over a month, maybe two months now. Could that kind of be the reason why WWE hasn't quietly released them? Who knows? Just something to uh keep an eye on in the back of your head. Um on the injury front, it is being reported that Sami Zayn who was seen last week on SmackDown in a sling, is it's not jobbed. He's not faking an injury. He legitimately has something going on with his arm. Um, nothing serious, nothing that's going to require surgery. Bless you. Nothing that's going to put him up for a long time. Um, it, it was expected that he would be involved in the bloodline storyline going into SummerSlam, but due to this little injury, it is not expected for him to be anywhere in or around um, SummerSlam due to this little injury. Okay. Um, let's see what's on this other page. And da -da -da, da -da 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 -da. Um, one thing that we're that that people kind of look at at SummerSlam is once again being the secondary WrestleMania, the the later the biggest summer spectacular that they have. Well, one of the big things about WrestleMania always are the surprises that happen. Um. I'm going to give you three, quote-unquote, rumored um, returns for SummerSlam. And I want you to, to let me know that if these returns happened, would that increase your enjoyment of SummerSlam, not change it at all, or, you know what, I could definitely have done without that return. Right. Okay? So the first one. Um, probably the name that's most being tossed around about a surprise return at SummerSlam is Bailey. That would definitely heighten my excitement for SummerSlam. Okay. The next name that's most most recently been bouncered around is Rhea Ripley. Uh. Okay. And the last name, hold on, I gotta 
Goldberg. No. <laughs> I don't know why Goldberg still keeps wanting to get in the ring. And still, I mean, you know, when I was talking with DJ about that uh, a couple days ago, he said, you know, if you're going to bring Goldberg back, save him for the Saudi Arabia show or something like that. You know? But, I mean, if he comes back, it's not going to heighten my excitement for SummerSlam that much. It's Goldberg, you know, like, I mean, he still is a name, but I I just don't want to see him. Great, exactly. And I, I would do those exact same things. If Bailey were to come back, I, I mean, hopefully it, it's earlier in the show when I still have my prosthetic leg on because I would jump out of my seat. Um, it would be a little dangerous if I tried jumping out of my seat with only one leg. Um, I probably yep. wouldn't be able to get back up off the floor. If Rhea Ripley showed up, I don't think it would change my excitement level. It might be like, oh, okay. Because I would assume it would be somewhere in and around the Bianca-Becky Lynch match. And if Goldberg showed up, I would be like, my exact response would be, why? Yep. Why? I, I know it is rumored, and especially seeing is WWE social media recently has re-released a little backstage thing between Goldberg and Riddle where Riddle kept calling Goldberg bro, leading to a potential match, whether it be at Clash at the Castle or what's rumored to be Crown Jewel in October over in Saudi Arabia. Um, Because Goldberg is still a big name in WWE internationally. So maybe you try and pump up tickets at Clash at the Castle and do a Riddle versus Goldberg match. I don't know right. um, if that SummerSlam would be the time to kick that off or not. Um, but, folks, that's Nuggies news for this week. Um, we'll see you again on uh, Wednesday. All righty. Thank you, Greg. Nick, once again, great job. Uh, got a couple of indie shows to report here. Please do. Uh, this afternoon, 3 p.m., at the Waterbury Police Athletic League, Northeast Wrestling. Appears with a show called Zero Fear. Zero Fear is the name of the show. The only uh, match that I have slated that I have, you know, seen about this is a match between a wrestler named Victorious BRD versus Greg Baylor. Now we've seen Greg Baylor a couple times at PAPW. Um, he's actually a pretty decent wrestler, so hopefully that'll be a good match. And that's this afternoon, 3 p.m. at the Waterbury Police Athletic League for Northeast Wrestling. Next Saturday, July 30th, Course of Honor at the Elks Lodge, 265 Main Street, West Haven, Connecticut. Uh, tickets are $20. Elks members are $15. Bell time is at 7 p.m. One of the matches that have been signed is a triple threat match between Nutrius X, Mark Alexander, and Marcel Williams. So that should be an interesting match for the people out there at the Elks Club. Course of Honor, Saturday, July 30th, 265 Main Street in West Haven, Connecticut. And this this next one 
one I just received earlier today before the show came on called Fight for Your Dreams 5. It's Saturday, September 17th. Oh, Jesus. Okay. 6, 6.30 p.m., 17 Spring Street in Florence, Massachusetts. Scheduled on the show is former WWE wrestler Low Key and indie wrestler and former PAPW Intercontinental Champion Ichiban. What what wrestling what wrestling federation or what group is putting that show on? I it, they didn't say it. It just said Fight for Your Dreams Five. It didn't say if it was Northeast Wrestling or if it was uh, any other organization. It just came out with Fight for Your Dreams Five. Oh, okay. So, should they find out what organization is, I'll have more information on that. Okay. And those and those are the three indie shows that I have for this week's show. Well, there, there were a couple things that I actually forgot to mention in Uggie's News. Um, okay. One was, did you see the picture of another former WWE main roster wrestler that's been placed in NXT? Commander Aziz? No, I didn't see that. Well, there's a picture released with him um, with a full beard... Longer hair, kind of pulled back into a ponytail, dressed in all black. And apparently, he is now the companion slash bodyguard for Cora Jade, who recently had a heel turn in NXT. Um, the man by the name of, formerly known as Commander Aziz. Um, he's got a bit of a tan. Um, they, they show a picture of him sitting here with her ringside, and, I mean, he actually looks like a force to be reckoned with, not a joke of a man that he looked like as Commander Aziz. Right. So, we had wondered back when Apollo went back to NXT if and what might happen to Commander Aziz, and what his name in NXT now is, we don't know. It was a picture from an NXT live event that happened this past weekend. So, who knows? Maybe on uh, NXT 2.0 um, this coming Tuesday, maybe we see his re-debut on NXT. Okay. Um, the other thing is I, I talked before um, about Brian Danielson missing time in AEW. I know we don't talk a lot about AEW, and I'll be honest with you, I've tried keeping up with AEW. I record Dynamite every week. I get five to ten minutes into it. I just don't, I just lose the interest. I don't, I don't know what it is. It just, it can't grab me and keep me. Um, I, I try, but when it comes to Brian Danielson, no, no mystery here. Daniel Bryan was one of my favorite wrestlers, possibly my favorite wrestler of all time. And I was nervous as to they were not mentioning why he was out due to injury. Well, it has finally come out that he was out of action due to concussion-like symptoms. He has been given the all-clear and will be making his return this Wednesday on Dynamite. 
if any way, any shape, anyhow, this were ever able to get to him or to his wife, this man should not be wrestling the way he's wrestling, the way AEW is allowing him to wrestle. It's going to end his career. It will. I'm sorry. It has to be said. He had concussions so bad that he was having brain seizures. And he was hiding them from WWE, who finally found out and forced him into retirement and kept him on the bench for three years. AEW, you do not want to be the one responsible for this man ending up in a wheelchair. You right. Know, sometimes people have got to be protected from themselves. Um, yeah. Is it great to see him back? Yes. Do I want to see him back? Yes and no. Um, but, you know, I guess welcome back, Brian Danielson. Yep. And also I'd like to mention one quick thing. Congratulations goes out to Claudio Castanoli, who is now yep. the new Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. So, a.k.a. Cesaro, congratulations to him on his championship victory. Yep. Long, uh, long awaited. Yeah, something he was never able to do in WWE was grab a major title. Yep. And now he's got a major title in ROH, which to me is like winning the batting title in Double A. Okay. Big, fuck, big fucking deal. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't cut in the majors. You're not even in AAA, but you want to win a title in AA and win a batting title, that's, hey, more power to you, man. Yep. And as far as the thing with Brian Danielson goes, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, when when do you say to yourself, hey, this is, this is the final call? I mean... Like you said, he had brain seizures before with the concussions, and right. I mean, you know, and, and, need... and could he wrestle? Yes, but does Daniel or Brian Danielson need to be in a match called Anarchy in the Arena, where you're beating the crap out of everybody with every and any kind of weapon? No, he needs to be protected from himself from performing in matches. In my opinion, like that. Yep. I agree. So, hopefully, uh, AEW will, uh, you know, look into being more protective of Brian Danielson in the near future. But yeah, I look. I look back to the with AEW. I look back to that. I think it was that Matt Hardy match where he was literally knocked out during the middle of the match. And wanted to finish the match, and they let him. And he could barely walk after being rendered unconscious for seconds and was physically not able to even comprehend what was going on. And then they did the same thing with Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy in a tag match where Jeff Hardy did not remember. He openly announced and, and professed that he didn't remember two-thirds of that tag match that he was in. Just has no recollection of it. Just went through the motions. 
I mean, it, it's the same as, you know, being really, really, really drunk. And, yeah, I kind of remember how I got home, but I don't know how I ended up in bed with just a pair of boxer shorts on my head. I don't know. Right. <sighs> yep, so some of these promotions are going to have to wake up and uh, start protecting their wrestlers a little bit better. Yeah, and Tony Khan's already out there uh, trolling WWE um, after Vince McMahon stepped down within hour, out maybe an hour or two, he then put out a tweet on Twitter saying that he was the longest reigning CEO um, in professional wrestling. Yep. Well, no, you're not, because I'm I'm pretty sure that. I mean, I'm I'm not sure how it's defined, but I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure there's wrestling federations like PAPW, NEW, other independent wrestling companies that are professional wrestling that have had people running their promotions longer than you, you pompous piece of narcissistic shit. Right, and Michael Lombardi is a prime example. Michael Lombardi has been running Northeast Wrestling for many, many, many years. He's done a fabulous job. He brings in big talent. Uh, as a matter of fact, this next show coming up, he's got Kurt Angle. So... Yeah, so. Right, so Tony Khan, not even close. All right, so we're six days away from the biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam. Yeah, yep. Nissan, Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. I have seen every SummerSlam since its inception in 1988. So this is going to be, this has always been a, uh, a favorite pay-per-view of mine. Like you said, it's the big brother to WrestleMania. And uh, to only have eight matches right now, six days away from SummerSlam, um, I don't know if they're going to come up with a flurry of other matches during the week. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing SummerSlam coming up this Saturday. And, uh, you know, there's going to be some matches that I really think are going to steal the show. One in particular, I believe, will be uh, Riddle and Seth Rollins. Yeah, I, I think, think that... That's going to be a tremendous match. Um, the Roman Brock match, I mean, that's it's going to be a brutal match. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more excited for that match now. Um, I don't know about you, but... You know, reading all the stories uh, about Vince's retirement and Brock Lesnar walking away and his, honestly, his role in SummerSlam was, quote-unquote, in question. They, I mean, he walked out from SmackDown and there was rumors that they had reached out to Goldberg to, to fill in for Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, if Brock Lesnar truly was not coming back. So when seeing Brock Lesnar come out on SmackDown, not only was I excited, but I also had the whew, big sigh of relief because there was no 
way on God's green earth that I wanted to see a no a last man standing match at the main event of SummerSlam between Roman Reigns and Goldberg. Right. And I was going to mention that too because I was I was going to say that I read somewhere somebody did a funny meme or a funny comment or something that said when Lesnar left it, it, it got back to him that if he didn't show up to face uh, Roman Reigns they were going to have Goldberg in his place and Lesnar said never mind I'm coming back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. <laughs> So I can. Uh, I mean, I read. I mean, I read some other rumors. Um, one that they were gonna fill in Brock Lesnar's spot with Seth Rollins and have Goldberg face Riddle. I, I mean, other you know other instances were that they were gonna have John Cena come and, and face Roman Reigns, and there was all kinds of all of a sudden things going throughout. Um, it, to to a mystery opponent coming out to face Roman Reigns to have Roman Reigns come out and announce that Brock Lesnar was too scared to show up at SummerSlam and he didn't have an opponent and have a mystery opponent come out. No idea who that would have been. It didn't say so. <sighs> Thankfully, it looks like we will still get Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar. Oh, that's good. And for the ones out there that are just tuning in, why don't you uh, announce the card for SummerSlam right now, what they have. All right. Well, once again, right now they currently do have eight matches confirmed. Um, That's the one we just talked about last man standing, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Um, Pat McAfee, as we discussed, will be taking on Happy Corbin. Bobby Lashley defends his United States Championship against Theory. The Usos defend their undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship uh, against the Street Profits with Jeff Jarrett as the special guest referee. Liv Morgan defends her SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. As we just discussed, Riddle will be taking on Seth freaking Rollins in a singles match. Bianca Belair defends her Raw Women's Championship against Becky Lynch. And Logan Paul takes on The Miz in a singles match. Okay. Um, you have the second biggest event, pay-per-view-wise, next to WrestleMania for this summer. Why is AJ Styles not on the show? I mean, I think they could have put him into something with uh, Kampa or something. Is that a SummerSlam-worthy match? In in your opinion, in a singles match, AJ Styles versus Ciampa, is that really a SummerSlam match? I think it would be a SummerSlam match because AJ Styles is the name. But that's but once again, <sighs> Logan Paul is a name. How excited are you to see Logan Paul in the Miz? Yeah, that's, I think that's just a fill-in match. Well, right. So I mean, are you really gonna put, you know, 
does, I'm just trying to pull up an article here that I had read. Um, I mean, would you want to put somebody like AJ Styles in a quote-unquote fill-in match? Right. That's true. And then you have no, uh, you don't have an opponent for the Intercontinental Champion either because there's nothing well, going on. No, that, I mean, Gunther Nakamura, in my opinion, there's three to four, how do you want to say, campaigns going on right now. That could be added to SummerSlam. Um, number one, fuck, my mind just went blank. Nakamura Gunther. No, one. no, there was one from Raw that I had in my head, and I just totally check underneath the hat. <laughs> I don't know, but one would be Gunther Nakamura. Yeah. If, in my opinion, when there's no winner Friday between McIntyre and Sheamus, that one going to some, the next day on SummerSlam. Um, maybe Ridge Holland and Butch are... Banned from ringside, so we really get a fight between the two of them on a premium live event where you can get away with a little more than on Friday Night SmackDown. Um, right. Possibly New Day Viking Raiders as, you know, a time-filling match. But what the fuck was the one I had in my head from Raw? I don't know. My my mind just went blank. Uh, maybe it'll pop in my head later, but... Okay. But yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully WWE will, you know, hit one out of the park here with SummerSlam. Like I said, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a good show. It's in a... It's like I said. It's at the it's at Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, to my knowledge, it's the first time I believe that they've had a premium live event at that stadium. Well, yeah, the stadium's not that old. Yeah. So. But uh, you know, hopefully, WWE can uh, you know put out all the stops and. You know, give us a bunch of holy shit moments and some good surprising. I really don't think that Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns match for a last man standing match is going to last a long time because I think Lesnar will be winded after about 15 minutes. Now, a question for you. You had mentioned earlier when we started talking about SummerSlam that you expect one more match from each brand to be added to the show. What's the other match from Monday Night Raw that you think could be added to the show? What did I have on there? 
shit, now I can't remember. See? This, okay, so I'm not the only one. Because yeah. I'm like, I, I remember saying to myself, okay, yeah, there's eight, you add these two more, that makes ten. Well, then maybe they can add one of these other two, meaning the Nakamura-Gunther match or the New Day Viking Raiders. But for the life of me, I can't think of what that one other match from Monday Night Raw yeah. could be. I know. Because, like you said, the one from SmackDown, to me, you already met, you already mentioned is uh, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the one I would like to see on there. Um, but yeah, the one from Raw, I can't remember. So you're not the only one that had the senior moment there. Um, I don't know. I'm sure WWE will, you know, work their magic and put some other matches together. And, well, they'll end up giving us a great premium live event coming up on Saturday. Right. Well, we, so do now, we do have our prediction show coming up, and, uh, you know, Greg and I will be talking about that during the week. Oh! Judgment Day and the Mysterios. That was the other one I was thinking of. I had to go to the I had to go to the Raw roster and start going down their talent, and then I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, all right, uh, AJ Styles, Dawkins, Lashley, Gable, Damian. Oh, Damian Priest. I could see something with the Judgment Day and or Mysterios because you know, I mean, tomorrow night on Raw, I mean. Yeah. That's one of the things that they're they're talking about is Judgment Day versus Ray and Dominic um, while they're celebrating the 20 year anniversary of Ray Mysterio. Um, it's rumored that Edge may be making his return at Madison Square Garden um, to quote unquote help the Mysterios against Judgment Day. Um, but that was the, the the match from, quote-unquote, from Raw that I think yep. they could add, in a way, to SummerSlam. So, and they were saying that Edge will be with his old gimmick. Yeah, the Rated R Superstar oh. gimmick. Yeah. When you, when oh, you say old gimmick, you kind of have to know which old right. gimmick, because he's had a few. Yep. Which I think is going to happen is... During the segment where he's where they're celebrating his 20th anniversary, Mysterio's Judgment Day is going to come out to the ring. They're going to stand in the ring, and then the lights are going to go out. When the lights go out, they come back on, and there's Edge in the middle of the ring. But next to but but they're advertising a match between the Mysterio's and Judgment Day. So how would that would there, would there just not be a match then? Well, no, they'd probably have a match, and then Edge would just, you know, okay. go, go ringside and do commentary or stand outside the ring or whatever. But I expect to see him there with the Mysterios uh, tomorrow night. I mean, I know it's a long shot, and it's probably never going to happen. I would like to see it, but I would like to see the Judgment Day in a match at SummerSlam against Edge and a returning Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Right. Now, do you think Judgment Day needs to add another member 
to make it an uneven, you know, quote-unquote match against the Mysterios for Edge to come out. And if that were to happen, I mean, who could WWE use to fill that member of Judgment Day? Because I think obviously now at this point we know it's not going to be Ciampa. He's too right. invested in whatever else he's doing. Maybe, maybe a Veer Mahan? No, I don't see that. I don't think there's a chance in hell. Veer Mahan hasn't been around long enough to feel like he's been bossed around and taken advantage of. Yeah, that's true. Could it be I mean, Dominic turning on his father, being that third member of the Judgment Day that has Edge come out? That's very possible. That That's a very good scenario. I could definitely see that happening. Maybe <laughs> not beating down his father, but not coming to the aid of his father and standing with Judgment Day. Because I, I agree with your whole, I don't know about that whole my son's beating the shit out of his dad scenario, but him turning his back on his dad and not helping him against Judgment Day kind of seems more like a, a, a decent way to have him turn his back on his dad. Right. Exactly. So... Yeah, but like I said, you know, we're six days away from SummerSlam, the biggest event of the summer. Definitely uh, looking forward to it. I believe after this one, it is Clash of the Castle. Yep. And that's uh, in, the, uh, in the UK from London? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know so if it's in London. It might be in Wales. Oh, but, okay. But uh, uh, I, I know you've confirmed with Mr. and Mrs. 24-7... I've confirmed with the Little Mugster he is available next Saturday for the prediction show. Um, so we'll probably, I mean, I would imagine we're going to do it late morning to sometime between 11 and 12 o'clock to give Little Nug a little time in the morning to get up as he is out on the West Coast. So 8, yep. 9 o'clock his time, he said, is fine. So, Alrighty. Um, still... Yeah. Debatable as to whether I'm going to be around in the afternoon at all. I might not even be home, depending on what happens. I might not be home in time to watch the beginning of SummerSlam. It is my my niece's first birthday on the 31st. They're having her party on Saturday the 30th, and okay. the party is scheduled from like four to eight. So, you know, obviously it's not at my house. So if I do go. Chance of me being home by 8 o'clock eh, aren't that great, but, you know, that's why I'm looking to do the predictions. It'll probably, you know, midday at the latest. Yep. Well, happy birthday to her. Um, many more. So, anything else you want to add, Greg? Um, no, nah, I mean, nothing else that's, you know, jumping out at me um, other than, you know, once again, reiterating... Um, well, not reiterating, but wanting to say, um, as I did in our opening, I uh, played Vince McMahon's music and, and thanked him. Um, but once again, just, you know, WWE forever and always will be um, Vince McMahon's recreation. 
I know he didn't start it, but he turned WWE into what WWE is um, today and, and what it has been in the 30 plus years that I've been a fan of WWE. Um, so I do want to, you know, send out my thanks to, you know, Vince McMahon for, you know, bringing a, a great enjoyment to my life for well over the last 30 years. Exactly. And, uh, the top rope report does thank you, Vince. You've well, don't, done, uh, don't thank the top, on top rope report. Thank it on your behalf, Mr. Trivia. I thanked him yeah. on my behalf. I thanked him for me. Don't speak for Top Rope Report. I want to hear it from you yourself. Your thoughts. Also, also, Mr. Trivia, thank you. I have been a WWE fan since I was 10 years old. And Vince McMahon has... I remember Vince McMahon at the announcer's table. Oh, yeah. Yep. Commentating with Bruno Sammartino, Lord Alfred Hayes, Jesse Devine Ventura, Gorilla Monsoon, the list goes on and on. Yep. And... Vince, you have just done a tremendous service in the world of pro wrestling, a tremendous service to the WWE Universe, and on behalf of Mr. Trivia, I want to say thank you very much for making my WWE experience a very pleasurable one, and I will continue to support and watch WWE. Thank you very much, Vince. I will miss you. And as much competition as there out there, I mean, in my opinion, there's no AEW. There's no impact. There there never would have been a WCW or ECW um, without Vince McMahon. Right. Even though he did buy the competition, there was, those wrestling organizations wouldn't have even been thought of if it wasn't for Vince. So once again, thank you very much, Vince. And uh, good luck in whatever you decide to do. So, with that being said, we've come to another ending of the Top Rope Report. On behalf of the Nugster Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia. Say thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you all on Wednesday. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Top Rope Report. We'll talk to you next time.